Myself, I am Lanise Collier, the host of the Black and Fashion Podcast. We are here to educate and create um, and promote black businesses, designers, talent, merchandisers, everything in the fashion world. So, of course, I can't start any episode without acknowledging my sponsors. Um, Take Care Pop Up is an interactive pop up experience dedicated to normalizing luxury and self care in the lives of women of color. This interactive pop-up experience will give you tips on self-care, best practices, and have a curated pop-up show featuring brands Cat Hill by Crystal Phillips, Chanel, China Vintage, Betty, and more. Um, It's hosted on June 19th, 2021 from 12 to 6 at 815 Broadway. The event begins with an interactive sound bowl meditation experience, a discussion on self-care, best practices beyond hair, skin, and nails, and a conversation about normalizing luxury in the lives of women of color. Take Care is an all-day shopping event featuring women of color-owned businesses, live music by DJ Mad Out, small bites provided by Omar's Kitchen and Rum Bar, and Open Bar. The pop-up event will end with a performance by hip-hop artist Lynn. Come out and celebrate yourself for this Juneteenth experience. Also, our second sponsor is Chaos the Brand, which is a ready-to-wear apparel line for women create women who crave exclusivity. They take pride in creating fun, distinctive, and alluring pieces. Their model in life is the occasion. Get up, get dressed, and live your best life every day. Use code HBI Chaos for 10% off your first purchase. So today I am joined with Cabri. Cabri, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Let me just kind of give you a little introduction. Cabri is from Greensville, is from Greenfield, South Carolina. She's a native who was known for her love of fashion since the age of three. While in high school, she made history and started the very first fashion club. She was also a part of the Fashion Society in college. She obtained a degree in fashion merchandising and retail marketing from Johnson & Wales University in Charlotte, North Carolina campus, in which she introduced her to more of the business side of fashion. In both her undergrad and her postgrad years, she has been known not only for her style, but also for her creative eye and building fashion brands through social media. As she continues her journey in the world of fashion, she has taken on the task to make sure people of color are included and considered when it comes to fashion brands, searching for talent and hiring in the corporate level. Wow, that seems like such an accomplishment. You go, girl. Thank you so much. Definitely. I appreciate you for reaching out and us even collaborating to do this podcast. Yes. I am so honored to be here. Great. So I just had a little icebreaker before I kind of hop into the conversation. It's called This or That. And you just tell me which thing you prefer over the other, okay? Okay. All right. So are you a, a beret girl or a headband girl? Um, I would go with beret. Are you a wedge girl or a mule girl? Oh, that's kind of hard. I'm going to go with a mule. I'm going to go with a mule. That's hard, though, but I'm going to go with a mule. It's always hard. Straight leg or flare leg? Um, Flare. Flare. Side boob or under boob? Side boob. Side boob. That's always the kicker. Usually it's like, ooh, wait a minute. Think about it. All right. So, um, what made you choose a fashion merchandising as a major? 
So I initially wanted to go to school for uh, fashion design, but you know, all of my mentors and like people in my family were just like, oh, like you should, you know, do something on the business side. Like they really were against me going to school for fashion design Mm -hmm. so much. So I was like, all right, you know, to make everybody kind of happy, I was like, I'll do fashion merchandising and retail marketing. So that's really what made me. Other than that, I went to school for fashion design. Gotcha. Um, and tell me this, I the school you went to is predominantly white. So how was that experience, you know, being a black individual in that type of institution? Um, so I've always been in like predominantly white um atmospheres for most of my life. So like high school and college. So I always sound like the black people. So they had, you know, they had fashion society, which was predominantly black. And then they also had like a couple of clubs that were predominantly black as well. So there were black people there and we all stuck together. Um, So if you were looking for them, you would know where they were because they were always like in a clique or in a group. Um, So, yeah. So it wasn't hard to like make friends or anything like that. But, you know, it wasn't set up for, you know, black people to really, you know, thrive as as other students would. Gosh, and so that's what made you want to start the club, too? Yes. Okay, gotcha. I actually started an organization when I was in college. It was called FEMO, Fashion Elite Modeling Organization. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I started one when I was, I started that when I was in college, and that's kind of like what you was just discussing. That's kind of how I felt. Like, uh, there was BSU, but there weren't a lot of organization when it came to fashion. And I started a modeling organization. I, you know, I went to art school, so I'm like, all of the arts can come and, you know, help and support one another. So a lot of the models in the organization were, like, the dance majors. And then when we did fashion shows, like, our merchandising team and our, I mean, sorry, our merchandising um, majors and fashion business majors, they did, like, all of the prep, prep and stuff. The fashion design majors did the clothing, but everything about the show was very black. And uh, the organization was, you know, a con- completely black um, executive board, and all of the members were black, too. But I felt that same need, like, we needed to have some type of inclusion that was just for us. Was it hard getting an organization started? So the organization I started in high school, so the one in college, I didn't start that one, but I was a part of it. So the one in college, I was the model coach or like the creative assistant slash lead or whatever. So I was always responsible for like, you know, the models. But in high school, um, when I had to start the organization, it was it was kind of hard because you had to find like a teacher to sponsor you. You had to find um, like two teachers to sponsor you. And then you had. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, had to find sponsors, had to, you know, you know, submit all this paperwork and submit like my mission and goals and things like that. Um, and I was so like now I, f- I forgot about it. Actually, I forgot that I even did that um, because it's been so long ago. But I remember now, like I was so invested in just um, changing everything, you know, um, in that school, just because, like I said, it was predominantly white. And so I created this this club and we did stuff like we went um, to events. I, I scheduled events. I scheduled all kinds of things. So, yeah, it was really fun. 
Um, I don't know if they still have it going on or not, because I think I started it my senior year. Yeah, I think it was my senior year. So I don't even know if they still got it going on. But um, that was something that I wanted to to at least do before I left. Exactly. Do you feel like you faced like any obstacles like in your major, you know, as far as like, you know, maybe being the only black girl in class, like did you feel in any type of way about like treatment from like teachers or anything like that? Um, I would say that, you know, so I went to a school that was um so they had other majors that were more popular. So for my major being fashion merchandising and retail marketing, um like when it came down to like career fairs and stuff like that, they didn't really have too many like people that they would reach out to be at the career fair um, when it came down to us looking for jobs or looking for internships for the fashion majors. So I had to go out and like find my own connections and network and things like that. They didn't cater to the fashion majors at all. And that's another thing that I'm on a mission to do as well, being that I have, you know, gained a network and things like that. I do want to go back and at least offer that to them because, um, yeah, like they did not cater to us. Um, the classes were fun. Uh, <laughs> the classes were fun. Um, but that was it. Like my professors were cool. Um, I didn't have any issues as far as like being the black girl in the class like I think I did um I think I succeeded in class but it just in terms of like what are we going to do after this like and it was mostly African Americans in those majors so it, it was it was a sucky part about it it's like dang what are we going to do after this I'm sorry Right, so tell me a little bit about like some of the brands you've created through social media and like what that process entails. So um, on social media, I've worked with, you know, a bunch of different um, brands. Um, one being one of the first jobs I had was like I used to work for a athletic company, like athletic wear company. Mm -hmm. So creatively, I used to just curate content. And that process is pretty much like my favorite part. Um, I would call myself a creative director. So, um, you know, working with either models or me being the model, sometimes, you know, just depending on like what resources we have. Um, sometimes I would be the model or we would have models and just setting up the, the photo shoots and editing and you know captions content all of that that whole process and then also posting it on social media that's pretty much what i do okay. with working yeah that's pretty much what i do when i work with these what i work with brands um and if it's a product i'll like do the product photography um i kind of got into that as well so i do like product photography depending on you know what the product is set that up, staging products, setting those products up and editing editing them. And um, like I said, just curating the content, um, the captions and writing, maybe writing up blogs to promote the content. So just literally everything. Like 
I hate when people ask me sometimes, like, what do I do? Because it's just so hard. Like, I'm just a, a creative person. But that's merchandising, though. Because merchandising yeah. is making sure you have the right product in the right place at the right time for the right price point. So that goes into what exactly merchandising is. So that content that you're creating is, like, making sure that it's visible to the people. You know what I mean? So, like, that makes sense. Yeah. Even the way that it is, of course, displayed, that, you know, that goes into merchandising because that, at a point, is, like, it's drawing people in as well. And it's actually making people understand the, the, the mood, the vision, like, the story that it tells. So that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I be freaking, literally, I, I didn't even think of it like that. I think I just got to that point where I'm like, I actually am working in my major because at first I felt like, oh, I went to school for no reason. But I do see myself now using stuff that I did learn while I was in college. But, you know, initially I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm not doing anything in my major. Like, I'm just, you know, whatever. But I'm glad you said that because that's exactly, that is exactly what it is. Yeah, and merchandising is also visual merchandising. And you put in together yep. a set or you put in together clothing. Like, that's all visual merchandising. Like, like Absolutely. the mood, the, the clothes, like the way the experience is supposed to be. So that makes sense. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, what has your experience been with like retail? Um, how has your experience been with like retail marketing? Do you feel like um, that people that you get more likes than you get sales? Like, are you on that side? Like, these brands that you're helping build up, like, are you seeing that all of the work that you're putting out is equating to sales as well? Like, are you, do you have access <laughs> to that? Um, yeah, so I personally feel like it's it's so hard to, to really gauge now um, just because, like, social media is just a... a a whole lot like especially instagram it's a beast so i would say that i've seen success from um you know digital marketing for these brands i've seen some success but at the same time i'm gonna always tell clients that you know word of mouth and just that organic um building of relationships is gonna be like your biggest seller um because so I don't even now I don't really even focus on like generating sales per se. I focus on building real relationships with real people um, so that eventually like that's just planting a seed. Eventually, when they do buy, they will shop again and again and again just because of the relationship that they have with you. Because people who know you and feel like they're, they have a relationship with you, they are a little bit more reluctant to shopping with you again. So, um, yeah. Marketing strategy, if there's more than one, you're welcome to mention them. Do you think is the easiest and most efficient for maybe a new designer to implement? Oh, mm. can you ask that question again? Yeah, what marketing strategy? Like, what is like the free, like what is I guess like a go through your go to tool for a new brand? Like, what is the one thing like right there when it comes to implementing a marketing strategy? For a new brand, what is your go-to? Like, is it like the rollout? Like, how things are displayed on the website? Like, what is the most? What's the most important factor for you? Um. Yeah. So I think for me, the most important factor is like having high quality um, imagery. Having like, and that that being for website and for social media, like the visuals 
are probably going to be like the first thing that I think of to to have as a necessity because people that's what people are going to see first that's the first thing that they're going to see and that's how they're going to you know base their whether they're going to shop whether they're going to you know look through more see whatever so having that content having that visual content is going to be the first thing that I say like okay this is a, a, a must-have which you know now you have to actually create it and you have to put together like all the things that you're going to do. So I definitely feel like the visual content is, is the key when it's a new brand because you're introducing them for the first time. Like nobody, nobody's seen it before. And I understand, you know, the whole process of like, oh, well, that we don't have any of this or we don't have the budget for this or that. But if you really want to like make that imprint, make that first impression, mm-hmm. definitely having high quality um, visuals and you know video content is like the new thing right now so definitely need some video content gotcha. so you feel like it has to be both like it has to be video and pictures like it can't be like one over the other like they kind of go hand in hand yeah okay that makes sense so when it comes to the four p's product price place and promotion which do you think is the most important and why Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say product um, because if nobody wants that product, you know, then it's kind of like a bust. Like, okay, it has to be something that is a demand. Like people are actually looking for this or people would be looking for this if they knew that it existed. So definitely product first. The price is not a big thing. Price, it just depends on the target consumer. But when it comes to making sure you have the right product, it also, you can have a bomb product. But if you don't know how to market it and put it out there correctly, then you're sitting on an amazing product. So I feel like it can be like debatable whether a product or promotion is the best way to go. But if you're not doing supply and demand, like, yeah, you do create products to fill a niche. You do like create products to like solve a problem and you can do all of those things, but if it's not received, mm-hmm. product, you know, yeah, like that's like, true. It's like they kind of got to go similar hand in hand, but you do have to make sure that the product is elite. And then I guess simultaneously, I ain't gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say simultaneously because you have to kind of figure it out simultaneously as well. So that everything yeah. works together. Yeah, definitely. Because I always feel like, you know, with product, that other question is like, how? Like, we have a product, but how are we going to get it out? So that's so true. Like, promotion is just as important as the product. It's literally, it's so important. So, you know, without a plan, you you just, you fail it. Are you like when it comes to like your company? Are you super duper big on like social media or is it like a referral based or how do you go about finding clients for yourself? And what is your uh, ideal or typical client? So um, initially when I first got into, um, you know, doing this, I a lot of my clients were word of mouth because, you know, it's just me. And I actually got into doing digital marketing on accident. So it was like, it, it was just me. So every person that I had after that was like, oh, such and such does my marketing, such and such does my social media. 
and that's how I was, was getting clientele. Um, and then I realized because it is just me, I can't take but a certain amount of clients at a time. Um, and I, I hated to, you know, have a surplus where I can't cater to all of them in the same way. So, um, so yeah, I didn't really have to go out there and be like, oh, um, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this or I'm looking for that. I didn't have to really search clients out. It was really word of mouth. And my ideal client is the um, either the startup fashion or lifestyle brands. Um, so startup or medium sized company, it doesn't matter. But I do like working with people who just got started so that we can walk through everything together. Um, and it's all fresh as opposed to like changing somebody's stuff up um, because I've worked with clients before and they've kind of already had like their foundational pieces that they didn't really want to get rid of. And, you know, that's kind of hard when you, you're saying like a suggestion that you need to change this or you need to change that. Mm-hmm. And they don't they give like that pushback. Like, I don't really want to change this. I want you to just do. So um, I do kind of look for like a startup, somebody who's fresh, somebody who doesn't really have like a foundation just yet on social media mm-hmm. um, so I could start from scratch. So what are, I guess, I mean, what is your number one tip or biggest tip for an emerging designer when they're coming out? A lot of times I feel like uh, new designers are, you know, they're investing a lot of money. You know, they're doing a lot of different things. And sometimes mm-hmm. hiring someone like yourself um, to help them and aid them in there is something they think about afterwards. Because I totally agree that they always think about product first and less about that marketing thing. And then, like, like they're stuck trying to figure it out and, like, revamping and stuff like that. What would you say is your biggest piece of advice to maybe somebody who's trying to do this on their own and can't afford your services? I would definitely tell them, like, don't wait to, uh, like, don't wait. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm going to wait to do anything. Like, I'm going to wait to share my products until I can afford, um, you know, someone else to come in and do my marketing. I would say not to wait, even though I did say, you know, the best thing to do is have high quality imagery. But at the same time, I wouldn't wait till you could afford that. Like, I would go ahead and just start telling your story, sharing your journey. I would I would tell them to, you know, put it all out there because once you share and do all of that and get to the place where you because you will get to that point where you can afford maybe somebody to come in and do the social media, somebody to come in and do your photography, somebody to come in and do all those things. Mm-hmm. So. But you can't build a rapport, you know, with, with, without, you know, showing your journey. So I would definitely tell them to go ahead, start posting, definitely start sharing videos of you just behind the scenes, like just make it a thing Um, because it is, it is. And I appreciate brands like that, where it's like, you know, this is is a real cut. Yeah, it's the process. So that way, you know, when you can afford it, people can see the journey. And then if you want to, you can just go back and like delete all of it if you want. It it really does. It's, it's case by case what you want to do. But I definitely would tell them, like, just go ahead and get started because, I mean, people are going to rock with you if they like your product, whether you have high quality or not. Absolutely. Absolutely right. So um, as we wrap up, I have one other segment. It's called It's a Muse. And It's a Muse segment is actually sponsored by Makara Modish. 
Join the Modish VIP Club at Makara's Modish where you can get exclusive access to discounts, new drops before it hits the gram, and more. Add fashion to your look with one-of-a-kind fashion accessories from Makara's Modish. Log on to shopmodish.com and use promo code LENISE in all caps for 10% off your first purchase and follow on IG at Makara's Modish. Um, the It's a Muse segment is just something that you utilize to um, keep yourself you know, motivated, inspired. It could be a mantra, an affirmation, a book, um, a meditation, yoga, anything that you want to share with an entrepreneur or just um, somebody, something that, you know, keeps you going. Oh, I, okay, dang. I, so things that keep me motivated, I'm going to share one person and then maybe a book or something like that. So one person that I always look up to and like always go searching like on their YouTube is Eric Thomas. I that man is like the best of the best. Like he gives me like so much inspiration. Um, he's a motivational speaker, and um, I would say that one thing that he says that always stands out to me is get something for your pain. So like. You know, the times that you are struggling, trying to get your business together, trying to get your life together, trying to get whatever you are working on to a place of like what you classify as success. Mm -hmm. um, get something for your pain like that literally to me means like you're going to go through all of this. So you might as well go through it, get something in return for it. Like don't quit. Don't stop. Like go all the way through it get something for the suffering that you had to go through, get something for the late nights, for all the tears, all the blood, sweat, all of that, like get something for your pain. So that's something that I live by and that I try to keep at the forefront of my head when I'm trying to like do something, but I also want to give up. Gotcha. I like that. That's dope. Okay. Well, how can everybody connect with you, find you? You want to just throw out like your social media handles. I also have them listed in the show notes, of course, but Let's go verbal. Yes. Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Fierce. That is K-M-O-N-A-E Fierce. And then my business Instagram is kmonae.co. That's K-M-O-N-A-E dot K-O. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this was so fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope to keep seeing you like grow different brands and emerging designers. And we need that. Uh, we need to always partner and work together um, as stylists, as uh, digital marketing curators, as content creators, especially for black brands to continue to get like that visibility. So the work you're doing is great. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Are you familiar with my other business, LC Apparel Consulting? Yes, I mean, I definitely went through all your social media, oh. so yes, you are like such an inspiration to me. I did want to say that to you. Um, I like stalked all your Instagram pages. Um, so yes, oh, I look up to you. Yes, oh, thank you. I was gonna say you need to make sure you're hitting up like you. I think that for you and a nice pitch and stuff like that, especially as you grow your portfolio and you could you know you continue to move your businesses, to take advantage of all those people that we post that are new designers. 
that, you know, made me, you know, that extra eye, like, hey, you know, I, you know, I saw you on LC Apparel Clubs, I noticed that you're a new business, I'd love to help you out and work with you and stuff like that, but that would be a good space, I think, for you to even get more clients, I know you want to keep it small, but that's all we have is emerging designers, like, for the most part, Absolutely. so I think you should definitely utilize, you know, those tags and stuff like that, and reach out to those people, and hit them with the proposals, and even, like, what you feel like you see for their brand, that maybe they would have missed, or if you, like, you know, I looked at your social media, and these are my comments, just to give that feedback, and give them a different perspective. Oh, you know what, that's a great idea, thank you for that, I'm definitely going to do that. You should, tell them I sent you. <laughs> I will, I will definitely tell them you sent me. You have a wonderful day and good luck to you in all your endeavors. And let's make sure we keep in contact, okay? Absolutely. Right. You as well. All right. Have a great day, love. Awesome. Thank you. And as I always say, people, stay black. Peace out. Short and sweet, right? Can you? Is it okay if it's still rolling? But like, I feel like there's a good like background or whatever. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how? Yeah, go ahead. It's okay. Oh, can we talk about how um, visual merchandisers or merchandisers in general, mm -hmm. designers and vice versa, like anything in that area? Yeah, um, I think what? I said something about that. So, um, so I definitely feel like that virtual, like visual designers, um, visual creators, like people that our content creators are not just like super duper like visionaries including stylists in this mix too um should partner more with designers i think that we really need each other in that space and i feel like sometimes it's resistant because of budgeting pricing or you know even as a designer like feeling like your vision is one thing but you know when you work with people in other um aspects and people who have worked with most of different designers they usually have a different point of view than maybe you did not see and i think it's super duper important that in that space that we help one another opposed to working against for me i always feel like it's like if you call a designer a stylist they get offended if you tell us that uh, the stylists think they're a designer, you're just like, no, you're not a designer. So opposed to working against each other, I think we definitely need to work together in that space. For me, I never do my photo shoots, ever. Because, like, yeah, I can create and I can design and stuff like that. But as far as, like, the way I want my um, consumers to look at the products, you know, I might have a certain idea in my mind. And then someone else comes in and is like, actually, this is this. And then their ideas are way better than mine. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, we're helping each other and we're keeping everything together. And we're also helping each other in our portfolios and our, and our way of thinking and stuff. So I think it's super-duper important to make sure we incorporate one another and not just incorporate each other on the back end, which I see a lot. Designers reach out to stylists if they do at the end of the process. And at the end of the process, everything's done. Opposed to having to work with a stylist, a visionary, a creator in the beginning of your design process where you guys can design or and, and or collaborate together to create something beautiful. And in this world, collaborations and partnerships in the fashion world will help bring a lot of the financial burden off of one person and make it a collaboration and you guys can split those costs as you go on so granted you have a baby um and you your design is your baby and i just feel like that we open up our minds to other creators and visionaries that we can be more successful in this realm and honestly make a lot of money and you have both people's following you know so like it just works out to me in the best in the best favor so definitely keep that in mind that's just a little black and fashion tip <laughs>